Stampod Productions. Hi there, I'm Viking Glenn, I'm a mechanic for St. Peran, and you're listening to On Your Bike Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to On Your Bike. I'm Sani Rajabajala, and before we hear from Harriet Muckle and Katie Madrick, I just thought I'd check in. Uh, I'm just pulling in to Margam Country Park, and it is beautiful. I've got uh, a sea of green in front of me. I've got a raking set of hills to my right that arch all the way round to the front with trees all lining them climbing up but the rain is getting heavier actually I might even need to uh, put my coat on for the first time this entire tour Um, but we're getting ready for the final stage of the tour of Britain so I'm going to try and catch up with some riders and see what's going on before we hear from Harriet and Katie. Andy Hawes is giving his final um, briefing. Lagos and the Mardi Mountain, and we've got two ascents of Kafili Mountain as well. Um, I expect, I've heard from the locals, that Rigos is going to be absolutely <laughs> ram-packed. I just hope it was open. We did the route recce two weeks ago, and it was closed because there'd been an illegal rave up in the quarry the night before, and there were a load of, <laughs> load of people walking around, not quite with it. <laughs> you couldn't make, you literally could not make it up. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we have the Mardi Mountain as well. So, but we have the bulk. We have uh, uh, Cinquano Forest. Um, there's there's loads of uh, loads of different climbs out there. Um, it's it's going to be your standard uh, Welsh stages, like lots of ups and downs, hairpins, narrow bridges, um, and for the first few kilometres, it is going to be manpower intensive. Um, so. Where, where we can, we're going to be, you know, firing the NEG back. The roads are good um, to get the NEG through, but yeah, we, we are going to use them up very, very, uh, very, very quickly. So with that in mind, 1.3 kilometres into the start, there's a narrow bridge. Um, it's to... At 24.4, um, the fields are full of suicidal sheep. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're not happy. They're really, they're not happy. Um, and and they'll, they'll just like wander out and come on in. So yeah, suicidal sheep for, for two kilometers with lots of cattle grids. So they might be stuck in that, they might not. Um, 39.3, there is a humpback bridge. You will go airborne, um, please. I'm Connor McCann, uh, working for Velon at the Tour of Britain and uh, I'm managing the data devices. And I'm Andy McGuire, uh, and I manage the GoPros. You don't get the the same perspective from the helicopter shots and how crazy it is in the bunch with all the junctions and even just like how the close contact the riders have in the bunch. You don't see and normal people probably couldn't ride like that in a group at such at 60 KNR and yeah, it's a totally different perspective. The GoPro and so their press officer told me last night it's going on Luke Rowe. He's had a, a few GoPros in the past. He's uh, he has a love hate relationship with them, <laughs> but uh, hopefully today he's okay. So we'll go over now and pop that on the on the rear of his bike. Right. Well, uh, best of luck today. Uh, before you go, I'll give you a sticker. So just come to the Bingol uh, camper, and um, we're going to try and catch up with Alex Salby, who we spoke to after his big crash. 
at uh, Harlow. Unfortunately, the concussion was so much you couldn't start. I was a big disappointment yesterday, but uh, I think it was the right decision not to take the start. I had a really, really poor night where I almost didn't sleep at all and my headache was still quite bad. Uh, so, yeah, I think the race doctor took the decision uh, for me, so it made it easier for me personally, but still mentally it's not easy to... Uh, yeah, cope with that. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, how how are you managing to kind of make your peace with it all? Because I, I half expected you maybe did, did fly you home, fly you home early or something. But obviously, you're here, you're with the team. You you still kind of recover from your own physical injuries, and and also you seeing your teammates go out there. Yeah, that's not not easy. It's a long day when you you prefer just being on the bike racing the race that you wanted to do. But I have some goals next week in Belgium, and that's why I stay here with the team. I hope I can recover and be ready for Friday next week. And yeah, that's where my mind at is at at the moment. Yeah, how, how are you feeling physically? You said you had a poor night's sleep. Are you, st- are you still feeling the effects of the concussion? Uh, this night was quite different. I slept uh, really, really good. So that for sure helped this morning um, I think my head is a bit more clear today still not perfect but maybe I go for an easy spin and see how it is uh, if I, it doesn't get worse it's I should be good in a few days to start training again good that's that's good to hear yeah how are you going to spend your day then you said you're going to go on a, a spin round here lovely place to have a little ride what, what were your plans to be today uh, probably at the finish instead because that means I don't have to go from uh, here from the start to the finish. I could just do a loop and then uh, if I get worse I can just head back. But yeah, I think I would go up and see the castle because I heard it was beautiful. But uh, yeah. So we saw you gritting your teeth slightly yesterday as you were crossing the finish line. You've got four Cat 1 climbs today. How are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it will be a tough last day. Yesterday was the first uh, real action we saw in the race. Um, first uh, proper climbs. So, uh, yeah, curious, curious what it brings today, but uh, confident about my legs. Well, now we're here on the start line. Next to me is Harriet Muckle. I'm here. I, I'm anticipating rain though, Sunny. I have my sleeping bag coat on, even though it's a thousand degrees. Yeah, Katie Magwick, this is bizarre. She's like dressed very glam today, all white dress, and then put this massive. It's the final. It's, it, I felt like it was an opportunity for the X Factor. Yeah, but then you put this massive coat on. You look absolutely. I don't want to ruin my hair. Looks deranged. Um, Katie Magwick, how much are you looking forward to this? So much. Yeah, it's all or nothing. It's the final big test. Um, anything could happen, and probably will. Okay, so the. St- is just moments away now. We can see the helicopter whirring above us. It's such a strange one, Harriet, because there's all this tra- there's all this energy about the start, but actually it's a neutralised rolling start, isn't it, to come up climb to zero? Yeah, the big points are coming up. We've got four Cat 1 climbs, which are, you know, where, where all the excitement's going to happen. The start's pretty chill today. Yeah, um, Katie, as, as me and Harriet are going to try and walk, walk up the hill a little bit as the, as the riders get counted down... What? Oh, oh well, oh, sorry. We'll hold off for a second and get the riders go whizzing past, shall we? Can we get in? Look at me. We wanted to see. 
riders just filing through. Wout Bernard having a, a little laugh and a joke with James Boucher, who's currently top of the King of the Mountains standings. We'll go through those in a moment. Luke Rowe getting a, a cheer, the local lad. Uh, is, how local Katie is Luke Rowe to oh, this I part of the world? Oh, go on I then, Harriet. I know this. He's, a, he's um, from a stone's throw away from the final, from the finish line. Stone's throw, that's from it. From the finish line, not from here. an accurate unit He's from near measure. Cardiff. Right, okay. Well, and what's quite nice about this rollout, um, Katie, is because we're obviously in a massive country park, we can still see the riders just going off into the distance, into this sea of, of green trees that are sweeping across this hill that runs all the way from our left-hand side all the way towards the entrance and, and kind of wraps the park around in this bowl of green. So it's a lovely sight, and we've had a little bit of water this morning, just taking the edge off the heat. Uh, last night there was a bit of a, a downpour as well, so all in all, it's cooler today, Katie, but the race is going to be hotting up. It certainly is, yeah. Obviously, we've got sort of a flattish first 70 kilometres or so, and then we've got about 80... Oh, um, I'm very bad at maths. We've got about 90 kilometres of the second half of the race, which is going to decide everything. Uh, the stage winner, the King of the Mountains winner, the overall winner, it's going to kick off and... There's one mission that everyone has today, and that's drop Wout Van Aert. And obviously, they to do that, they need to attack on the climbs. And the climbs and all the rest of the route is what Harriet has to tell you about in her preview. It's the final stage of the Tour of Britain, and it's a toughie. In fact, it's the toughest final stage in modern tour history. Stage 8 starts at Margam Country Park, a stunning estate in Neathport Talbot, running at 167 kilometres. Then the route will pass through the boroughs of Vale of Glamorgan, Bridgend and Rhonda Keen and Taff. This stage is full of climbs. It features Bulk, Ricos, Brindy and Blanc Lahoy. Hopefully I pronounced some of those correctly, all of which made their debut in the race this year before the riders faced a double ascent of Caerphilly Mountain. The race will finish in the town centre where this year's champion will be crowned with views of Caerphilly Castle. It's going to be an exciting one. Harriet, lovely preview and if you do indeed have issue with any of those pronunciations, it's at Harriet underscore Muckle. It's just it? Harriet Muckle. Oh, there you go, no underscore. There's no underscore. Yeah, you can underscore it yeah, in, your, you can, in your responses you is what you can do. You can send me abusive messages. I, I do truly apologise. I tried <laughs> my best, but it's been a long week. Um, right, well, it has been a long week, and there's everything to play for, going full uh, Sky Sports Super Sunday style. Uh, but, Katie, before we get on to the GC, the general classification, the overall winner... Let's take a moment to just talk about the King of the Mountains competition because uh, we've got, as we heard there, four Category 1 climbs, three of them, and then one done twice. That's Caerphilly Mountain twice. So there's points up for grabs. Who do we see taking home the coveted black Pinarello King of the Mountains jersey, Katie? It's all to play for. Honestly, there's 40 points up for grabs today at the top of the climb. So that means that the first person to go over each of the climbs gets 10 points. But from there, it goes down to one. So the, the, basically the top 10 riders over each climb will get some points. Obviously, James Fisher is way ahead in the competition with 39, uh, which is a really interesting number because, of course, 
40 is more than 39. I had told you I was good at maths. Um, so <laughs> theoretically, anybody could win that jersey if they were the first over every climb. But there's no way that the same person, well, it's highly unlikely, I think the same person will cross the, each of the, or the, will crest each of the, of the summits first. So theoretically, James Fichet could easily still win it if he can be there and he can get away ahead. But the race is going to be on and basically it could it just could go to anyone but i think it that he might keep it by virtue of the fact that everyone else will be racing each other and they're not worried about the king of the mountains jersey so much as getting to the finish line first yeah when we heard from james boucher in um in south end he didn't want to call out tom pidcock and now pidcock isn't involved so he he's out of the tour uh saddle sores uh, infected saddle sores which sounded very sore uh, doing him in so he's not uh, in the tour anymore did you see the caption of his photo <laughs> I did yeah. yeah it was so funny <laughs> <laughs> should we say it yeah <laughs> I've got three balls if anybody wants one wow was that it Katie? it was yeah spot on it's not on his Instagram yeah he doesn't mince his words does Pidcock well yeah so best of help best of uh, best wishes to Tom Pidcock um, so Fouché though he was you know a bit guarded when we spoke to him the other day I mean relatively speaking is he is he is he a well-known climber? Is he someone who is, is there because of the nature of the course? Or is he there and will be there by the end? You know, will we, basically, will we see him getting King of the Mountains points today? Or will he get dropped? Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if he'll get dropped, but I don't think he's... I think he's there because he went in the breakaway and chose to go for those points and chose to get that jersey for his team. And... I think he could still theoretically win it because if other people, like say if four different people get to the top of the climb first, that's that's four people with 10 points rather than one person with 40 points. So yeah, I think he'll ho- he'll be hopeful that he can keep hold of it. And if he can stay with the front group, at least for the first climb, um, then he should pick up some points and maybe see it, see it away today. I'm not supposed to say this, but I do hope he wins it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. I guess it's reward for the effort of actually going for it for the previous uh, seven stages. From a small team, like yeah. it'll be good to see him representing. Well, speaking of smaller teams, uh, we spent a bit of time this morning in amongst it at the St. Piran team, the Cornish-flagged British-based team. Uh, they don't have any sponsors, and they're doing things a bit differently. So let's get in the saddle with St. Piran. Hello, Julian Wynn and second DS to St Piran. Um, what's it like being the director sportive working under Ricky Pasco over here? Very good. It's all He's like standing very close to you. Too. Yeah, no, there, it, it isn't. It's good harmony in the team. You know, uh, I think the the spirit that he spreads around the team translates to the riders and the way we ride. Yeah, and speaking about the way you ride, we've had we've seen St Piran in the breakaway often. Clearly, that's been the tactic, and you kind of announce yourself on this tour doing that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the lads have been announcing themselves all year. This is just like the sort of the icing on the cake because it's one, it's the biggest race really for us all year. Uh, we've arrived here in good shape. You know, the selections have been made, and obviously, the lads have acquitted themselves incredibly well. Uh, Ricky Pasco, owner, he's he's taken a photo of us, so uh, it, well, I'll I'll come back to that question to him. No, no, I'll, I'll let me. Um, you you say you're doing things a bit differently around here. Can you give us an give us an idea of what what we're sort of meaning by that? So, in terms of the camp, 
look, bike racing is hard. It's it's really, really hard. So if we can get a really relaxed culture before that, have a lot of fun. Look, you've got to be really serious. You've got to switch on. But it, it, it's it's a brutal sport. And uh, I think our culture is one that we're trying to educate. We're trying to teach. You know, we, we've got a lot of background stuff where, you know, we've got some great messages where it's whether it's sustainability or our mental health. You know, but what we've got to do is just just be kind to each other. It's not difficult being a human being. You've got these younger riders coming through. You know, what's it like working with them? Well, I, I personally, I really enjoy it. You know, um, I still feel, I feel it in the race. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm pedalling their strokes for them. So I think if I can translate what they're feeling in the moments when it's good and when it's bad, just some words of encouragement. You know, it, the, chain, the, the, the training and the racing has changed dramatically since I raced. It's a lot about powers and numbers, but you know, it's actually still exactly the same. It's just more quantifiable now. You know, it's just that I might use just grit your teeth and they might say I'll ride at 200 watts it's the same thing it's just a different way but I think I can encourage them with human words not not power yeah and, and on that because you know, I spoke to the, the VLON guys earlier and he talks about all the data and stuff and we know you know the Ineos bus is over there with a, yeah. with a couple of washing Ooh. machines in the bottom of it uh, and we've got Yumbo looming over there yeah. never heard there's, of him there's, <laughs> there's a lot of talk about you know this 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 cultural change in younger riders. I know Luke Rowe said on a podcast uh, recently about them coming with weighing scales. They've had a meal without a weighing scale with them and stuff. It feels like the sport's kind of going in, in two different directions. You've talked about the feeling and stuff, and we think you know if people are making it more professionalised, it doesn't necessarily make it any better, right? I don't know where where do you kind of sit on that? When the chips come down, when it when it hits a fan, it's all about your experience in speaking words. It doesn't make it any difference on science or anything. It's the words you say to bring someone round. I read something about a Venipol having his bad day in the Vuelta and he said, the DS that helps him, he said he just says some good words to him and then he wins the stage next next day. It's not really about what you're eating, what you're drinking. It's just about sometimes you just got that, that human touch. And I think this team does that pretty well, you know, and I certainly think that's that's... That's my strength, I feel. Winnie, what was your best performance? Well, I suppose winning the national championships, you know, I think, I think that was probably, I was just absolutely focused on winning it. So, and I knew I was going to win it. So, and you probably have, I would say you have five good days in your whole career where you can really do what you want. Everyone says you can win lots of races, but when five days where you can really absolutely do what you want. And I, and I had a day on the national championships where I could just do what I wanted. So that was probably my my best victory, my best moment, I should think, as a bike rider. That sounds like a great memory. <laughs> um, today, are these riders looking at one of their best days, you think? Well, I mean, we're in a good position. That's, that's the thing. We're in a really nice position. The lads have done tremendous to get to this point, even, which is what we wanted. And, you know, yesterday was the stage where was the shake-up. And, you know, the lads acquitted themselves very well. And Seb, you know, was... Well, he wasn't a surprise. He's not a surprise to me in the slightest. But, you know... Uh, Seb Kifferim. Yeah, yeah. So I think today it's all to play for. And, and I think if we can arrive at Kefili Mountain unscathed, then, you know, we're going to go... We're going to shoot for it. Hello. Hi, my name's Jack Rootkin-Gray um, from St Piran. Hi, my name's Harry Birchall. I'm um, from St Piran. Hi, my name's Ed Kiffin, I'm from St Piran. Hi, I'm Will Tidball and I ride for St Piran. Hi, I'm Harriet Muckle and I ride for St Piran. 
I'm Alex and I ride for St Perrin. Hello, Finn Crockett here, rider for St Perrin. Uh, yeah, it's basically a bit of a rush to, to get ready. Uh, we've got sign on in about five minutes. Um, yeah, no, we're just, yeah, we don't rush here. No, we're just kind of, yeah, getting mentally ready and preparing. Um, it's going to be a big day for, for the team today. So. It's, it's funny because I come from like a football background and, you know, it's quite intense before the game or whatever. And obviously, with a especially with a with a with a, with a neutralized star, it's a bit of a weird place to be because I guess you don't want to get too psyched up. Too, exactly, you don't want to get too psyched because you know it's going to be fireworks in about three and a half hours' time, not now. So yeah, it's kind of like a slow burner into it, but um, you've always got to be kind of ready for for anything. What's the plan today? What what was what was the discussion from yesterday? Well, we've got our man uh, Zeb up there in GC, sitting ninth overall um, in a group of about 10 that sit about three seconds behind so yeah we're gonna we're gonna put him in the best position possible today to try win or get a podium um, so is it less about breakaway today and more about just keeping with the others and yeah i think so i mean there's there's not a huge amount we could probably do other than follow the, the stage is hard enough already and it's gonna kind of dictate the, the outcome really so what would be finn your your dream scenario here have you ever have you guys imagined like the best best case scenario six of us just like in a row just yeah yeah like Tour de France like but well let's let's catch up with with the main man who, who's uh who's, who's there or thereabouts because we're talking about dream scenarios he is today isn't he so Seb uh, Seb you've you, you're ninth in the GC, but it's only like a three seconds, so it's just, I guess, in alphabetical order or anything, is it? Well, it's, it's count yeah, back, I'm uh, three seconds down on Walt Van Art, and there's 11 of us on three seconds, um, and I'm so ninth overall. You sound completely unfazed when you say that I'm three seconds down on Walt Van Art, going into the final stage of a, of a tour. <laughs> I think, I think, I think it's good to be fairly relaxed. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not particularly worried. Like, it's not like I'm some big star who has anything to prove. Um, if I can pull it off and keep the top 10, that'll be fairly career-changing. Um, but at the moment, I'm just going to get on with it. Well, this could be a big chance, really, because yesterday Wout really went from it and then his legs gave in. So maybe his legs won't be there today. Maybe you will win. Yeah, that's Harriet Muckle calling, out, calling him out. I like it. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> the finished photo yesterday, we can see him pulling some faces, but he's, he's a bit of a mutant, so... We'll see what happens, but um, I can't imagine him uh, him giving up today. We did ask him, like, how, how are you such a machine? And he was like, I was just born this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quoting Lady Gaga there, actually, wasn't he? When you're that good, you can... You can... Right. So, um, yes, they've got a bit of a hill to get up. Really good luck today. Thank you. Uh, I'm Glenn. I'm one of the mechanics for St. Prem. It's been really good actually, like the um, lads have been punching well above their weight so it's been great fun in the cars and uh, we've had quite a lot to do as well so it's been good. Viking, apparently they were shouting at Viking? So yeah, so Glenn's got long, long hair, big long beard, pretty Game of Thrones, I'll give you that. Yeah, Yeah. Game of Thrones vibes. My first uh, race for St. Piran was in Tour Norway, so I got the I got the nickname Viking Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your experience been like with St. Piran? Really good. Like I've been in a couple of different teams, and straight away this one like feels like a family rather than a team. So everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. We're a small team, like trying to punch above our weight. So uh, it's not like you kind of just have to be on the ball with your own bit, really, and and the whole thing works nicely. And um, what would your position be in the family? 
Uh, I'd be like the kind of uh, older brother, I guess, making sure that everyone else is okay. <laughs> I was going to ask a more technical question. How fast is it to turn around once you've realised something's wrong? How quickly can you solve the problem? Are you on a time limit? In terms of like uh, getting a bike changed? Yeah. I think like usually uh, as soon as they're on the radio to us, um, they'll, they'll pick a place that's good to stop. Um, we'll be with them on the car anyway. We'll have a bike um, off the roof within kind of 10 seconds max and then uh, and then basically we're push starting them and, and we put the, the old bike back on the roof. Do you practice like a pit stop? Yeah, we do, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. We are, uh, we've well and truly been St Pirin, haven't we, Harriet? Absolutely. They were offering me a bike. I was going to ride out with them today. I think they were... They, they picked Rick, the wrong Rick, presenter. I want the bike. Rick, 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 the owner, was like, sit with the lads, get in there. And I was like, I'm sure they don't want me sitting with them. They, they need to get race focused and get ready. So it's Wout Van Art's world and we're just living in it. Um, and we will find out today if he can actually finish off the job and take the win in Caerphilly. And obviously the GC as well, which is, was his big goal, which he said all along was what he was going for. So, to win the bike race, the other teams have to simply drop Wout Van Aert. Uh, a really difficult task for them. Alternatively, he might drop himself, because obviously yesterday he put himself through three massive efforts to try and attack and get away at the front of the race. Will he be suffering from that today? Will it cost him when it comes to the big final climbs? Uh, and will he lose the race on his... Uh, on his own so it's really a case of Wout versus Wout and Wout versus everyone else so it's a true test of his all-around abilities as obviously he's not built like a climber and some of the other guys are um, so let's see what happens right the race director Mick Bennett has just waved the flag at KM0 it looks like he's lost his hat for a second day in a row uh, but he, the red flag has been waved and the riders are rolling out and would you believe it nobody has attempted a breakaway. We're watching it on a big screen. Oh, hold on. Hold there's on. hay bales in front of us and there's Whoa, a, a there host we go. of. Oh, well, I'd stand corrected. Uh, looks like one of the TDT riders, of course, has got to the front. Um, so, anyway, they are on the way. There's a load of uh, fans here sat on hay bales just taking it all in. The sun, would you believe it, has just broken through the clouds this very moment. So, the sun is shining on Wales and we've got a bike race to watch. There's even some archery going on over there. Yeah, I'm not pointing out. Look, I used to do archery in the summer holidays. I needed a long tail off the back so I could fade out. Sorry. Okay, so our first um, response today is to make sure that we ride as a team, as a collective, put numbers of our jerseys together so we show some force. So unlike other days, we're not attacking as individuals or trying to uh, infiltrate the brakes or so on and so forth. So we've got a team effort of keeping it together, taking the whole team to Caerphilly Mountain, where we are protecting Zeb, but also giving him the opportunity to uh, showcase. But once he gets there, it's man against man. Listen, rain is great for us in the race because uh, if you think about it, you know, we've had a long, hard season, so probably tips a little bit in our favour a little bit because uh, the guys that are racing the, the Mediterranean climates, they love that. But for us, you know, it's all about management and uh, it's easier for us to get our balances right. So, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it today.
We're just in the media room and it looks like the race has stopped. Do you, do you know what's happened there? Just looked up and there was police and it stopped. Yeah, there's a, a non-race sort of incident ahead of the, on the roads ahead, so they, the, so they can't go around because it's obviously closed with the police and stuff. So okay. They've got to find a way to so, so a non-race incident, so it could be anything. It could be protesters, yeah, like could be sheep, could traffic, be traffic. traffic. Right, okay. So they've just moved on to the first climb of the day and the race has actually been called to a halt. Um, there's a, not a protest. We understand it's something to do with a incident on the road, not race-related, that they need to resolve before the race can be uh, can continue. Right, let's give, let's give Katie a quick call. We've just heard a voice note. You plug into that. Um, can you hear us? Yep, I can now. Oh, Lost cool. Right. Uh, yeah, we are we are rolling. Oh, sorry, we still see the screen. So we're rolling. Um, Katie, thanks for the voice note. Yeah, we we were just um, having a moment of calm. Just had a copper. Looked up. This police car lights going off, uh, and the then the race director's got a red and white checkered flag out, and everything's ground to a halt. So we, we as we heard from you, it's a non-race incident i mean the last one we saw in this country wasn't too long ago was it was at the worlds yeah well exactly there was a protest at worlds um as i'm sure everyone who watched will remember uh they're, they're, they're quite clearly saying this isn't a protest so i can only assume maybe another car has come into some difficulty or maybe another cyclist or something like that so but I, i'm just speculating we can't really speculate so i shouldn't really do that but, but yeah not a protest according to the commentators um, so it's just a case of how quickly they can get back on the road and, and if they can take the same route or if they're going to have to reroute potentially. Yeah, so at the moment we can see the riders are all kind of standing around, a couple having a chat. I think Wout Van Aert's having a chew on some food. I think they might have even gone to the loo actually because the camera like panned towards them and it very quickly panned away as well as randomly was going in between two cars for no apparent reason. Katie, what does this mean for like the momentum of the race? It's... It's okay at this stage in the sense that they were only just on the first climb, so the attacking hadn't begun properly. It's, it doesn't have too much impact on the outcome of the race, I don't think. Obviously, it's very frustrating for the riders who've gotten into their rhythm and, and they're nice and warmed up. The longer they stand around, the, the worse it is for their physical kind of condition and uh, their legs getting stiff and so on, but hopefully it won't be too long. But the interesting part will be what the race directors decide to do about the Category 1 climb. Um, obviously if they can't reach the top of it the points won't stand so the King of the Mountains competition suddenly becomes a little bit more of a um, of a situation I think so yeah well, they'll have to make some quick decisions it's hard hard to be a race director in these situations making decisions on the fly and just kind of trying to, to roll with it they usually manage to come up with some workaround but it, obviously it all really depends on the situation it's quite it's a very dynamic situation as you said and it's just down to individual circumstances um, obviously you know in Glasgow we saw that it took a really long time for them to get back on the road because of those specific circumstances but there was it was really early so it didn't impact the race too much or if at all really so it's just because we don't know what's happened we can't we can't really imagine how long it's going to take the race director looks like he's about to issue a an update he's got his head up he's climbed up on his car and he's uh, looks like he's delivered some information to the riders, so we should have some information soon, hopefully. Okay, cool. Cheers, Katie. Well, we shall await with bated breath and find out what happens and whether the Tour of Britain oh, will get back underway. And I think. Oh, 
racing will resume shortly at KM89, Katie. Okay, so they're cutting out some of the climb, are they? It looks that way. Um, what's interesting at the moment as well, there's a couple of riders, I mean, it's a DSM rider who's just got a coat on. Yeah. He's <laughs> given a team coat, he's just gliding down the, down the hill. Um, but I guess, yeah, if, if they're just cooling off, if they're, gonna, if they're not going full pelt, they'll get cool and then they'll, they'll struggle again. Yeah, especially if they're wet, because obviously they've, got, they've gotten rained on, which is probably fine when you're rolling and it's still quite a warm day. But as soon as you stop moving, your muscles start to get cold um, and, that, and nobody wants that. But yeah, it looks as though... We've got the breakaway up and rolling again, so it looks like whatever they've, uh, whatever's happened, they've come to a quick solution. So hopefully we can get underway and all will be okay. So that's Katie. Um, what does this mean for the teams there? What about Ricky at St Piran? What are their plans now? So it's kind of neutralised everybody's plans really. It just means it's all. Well, our plan doesn't change. It still remains the same. It means you'll have a bit of faster legs because the guys will have had a little chance to recuperate. But it does actually help Harry, who's been ill, so he's back in the peloton and had a bit of a rest. So, double-edged sword for us, but Harry will only get to the base of Carfilly Mountain and and that'll be it. So, uh, no, we, we remain unchanged with our plans and, um, you know, once we get our riders to there, it's all down to um, Zeb's legs, really, and it's man against man. I'm just going to pause for a moment because uh, I can give us a bit of an inside track of what happened. After the race, I caught up with Andy Hawes. Here's what was going on whilst we were a bit confused in the media centre and on TV. So we got an early heads up that there had been uh, an RTC out on the route. Uh, it was at the bottom. What's an RTC? A road traffic collision. Oh, I see. Um, and most of the time, you know, we, we can sort of make our way past if the police will allow us to do it. But um, the police advised us that we wouldn't be able to do it. So we had to sort of have a quick think, uh, you know, literally while the race is travelling, is how we uh, how are we going to get around it but fortunately it happened in uh, a location where the road network basically allowed us to get around it so instead of taking uh, a left at the bottom of uh, the Rigos we, we took a right and then a left and a left and uh, yeah we were pretty much back on the, on the route within like three or four kilometers how's that decision made um, so it's, it's made um, in conjunction with the, with the commissaires, the police, um, and um, basically everybody that's in charge of the race moving, so the NEG as well. So, do, yeah. do, you, do you have an input into that as the person who put, put the course together in the first place? Yeah, of course. You know, it's, it's my knowledge of the route and where it goes and where we think we can do it. And in, in, you know, in conjunction with everybody, that's, that's what the plan was come up with. My route safety manager drove that particular section. We didn't race on it because it hadn't been properly risk assessed. It certainly didn't have a, the, the road closure orders on it. And, you know, there was, it was heavily parked and quite narrow in places. So literally, we just took the race through a neutralised pace. Um, and then we got it nice and firmly back on the route again. And then we restarted with the, with the time gap. It's all kicking off on the Brindu climb second category one climb of today as they head towards Kerfilly Mountain uh, yeah so the breakaway got caught and there was a select group breaking away from the peloton driven on by Ineos uh, they've isolated Wout van Aert so he has no teammates left uh, they got a gap there was a group of around I don't know 10 12 riders and then from the front of that group two riders have attacked and it's Carlos Rodriguez of Ineos Grenadiers and Stephen Williams of the Great Britain team. And those two are both really great climbers. So they're absolutely trying to make their advantage count on this climb. And it's a five, over five kilometers of climbing. And this is where they can hurt Wout van Aert. 
Um, he's, he's a great climber himself, despite his physiology, but he can't stick with these pure climbers on this climb. There's plenty of time for him to make it up. And the final two climbers on Carefully Mountain are much more his style, short and punchy, and much more likely for him to be able to make a difference there. So these pure climbers will want to make as much of a gap as they can between here and Carefully Mountain. So we've got two riders out front, Williams and Rodriguez, and a couple of others trying to make it across at the moment. Let's see how it develops, but they have 37 seconds over Van Aert and the rest for now. Uh, sorry, I got that climb wrong. It's Bryn D, and that was the climb that did all the damage to this race. Stephen Williams and Carlos Rodriguez are still leading solo, and they have built a really big gap now. They've got about a minute and 20 over the rest of the peloton, who are trying to drag them back. All the work that Yuma Visma have put in all week could be for naught because these two amazing climbers, amazing riders, have worked together to open up this gap, which could see the Tour of Britain won. Um, Kefili Mountain, yes, it's a huge challenge, but it's a very short climb, and with a gap like that, however hard Wout climbs up that climb, it might not be enough. Uh, Harriet, you were asking a couple of days ago the question about how long does a breakaway need? to stay away from the bunch. I've got a feeling we might be about to find out. So we're just in the comms box. Alan Anderson is uh, busy gene of the crowd, but Alan, we're not too far away from them getting into this Caffini loop, are we? Uh, no, we're not. We're around about seven kilometers away from them getting into the uh, loop. We've got 58 seconds is the gap uh, between our two lead riders of Steve Williams and Carlos uh, Rodriguez. It's a seven kilometer loop that our riders have got to do is 1.3 kilometres up the hill from here to the top of Carfilly Mountain. But after that, they've got a really, really fast downhill. Uh, I did it earlier on today. It's almost two kilometres going downhill, um, but it's a, it's a power descent. There's really no technicality to it. Um, the faster you can turn the pedals, the faster you will go. There's only one section at around about four kilometres to go where the riders are going to be able to free wheel uh, because they'll be reaching their maximum velocity. Uh, now, today, this morning, I did it and I hit 96 kilometres an hour. Now, I'm a bit heavier and fatter <laughs> than these guys, so gravity is on my side. However, they've got much more power in their legs, so I'm expecting our riders uh, going down to be hitting around about 106 to 110 kilometres an hour on that 400 500 meters or so around about the 4k to go mark what's that in old what's that in old money in old money that is around about 60 miles an hour that our uh, riders are going to be doing going down the backside of Kerfilly mountain so as i say it's a seven kilometer loop from here they're going to come through once and then up the hill down and round second time up the hill down and round and then they're going to finish here We've got uh, our photographer here behind us. Yeah, Naomi's from Visit Wales, and she's photographing the riders as they go by. Yeah, we've got another photographer to our right. So they're blocking and then the in the middle, we've got our new bags. Steve Williams and Carlos Rodriguez are about to head down to Caffili, and here they come. They're crossing the line, and as they cross this line for the first of two loops now, it's Carlos Rodriguez on the left, flanked by Stevie Williams. We know that there is a breakaway, and then we've got a second breakaway group. 
any riders who are five minutes behind the peloton group once it comes in aren't allowed to come on this circuit so there are going to be a number of riders not allowed to get involved on the track here right so we're just looking at pictures now of kaifili mountain and it is four or five deep going across they're getting very, very busy over there. We have 12.4 kilometers to go. We don't know who's going to take the win here. It's very close. We've got Carlos Rodriguez out front. We've got a chasing group behind who have which features some of the best riders in the race, including Wout van Aert, including Tobias Johansson, Magnus Sheffield, Danny van Poppel, I think, Mark Donovan, and a couple more that are chasing behind. Now let's remember the current situation in the GC. Carlos Rodriguez only has a really slender gap at the moment, just maybe 12 seconds or so on the descent. He'll have to take some time on the climb because he's currently on 39 seconds. So he's 39 seconds behind Wout van Aert. So he needs to not only be ahead still of Wout van Aert, but he needs to be ahead with a gap of 40 seconds or more because if they both ended up on the same time, Wout van Aert would win because of his previous victories in the race and positions. So that's the situation at the moment. With 10 kilometers to go, one more climb of Kefili Mountain. Carlos Rodriguez is looking great. Let's not forget, he won a stage at the Tour de France this year. He's really come into his own. Interestingly, leading in the chase group is Tobias Johansson of UNOX, who's an amazing climber. The two of them, Johansson and Rodriguez, came first and second in the 2021 Tour de l'Avenir, which is the under-23 race we talked about earlier in the week, where the proving ground for, for the next generation of really big riders. So these two are seriously the real deal. They both performed exceptionally well at the Tour this year. And yes, of course, Wout van Aert is still there in the leader's jersey, but he's got a lot of strong competition to contend with. into the final kilometre of racing at the Tour of Britain. These riders are moments away from coming down this final bend and this final stretch. Harriet Muckle. Everybody's making so much noise. The riders are going to come round the corner in any second. I can see the car, I can see the motorbikes. And we are just about to see an unbelievable sprint coming up this hill towards Caffili Castle. Carlos Rodriguez, he's powering down now. Carlos Rodriguez is coming. He is climbing now, powering down that hill. Carlos Rodriguez is flying. The fans are smashing on the barriers. Carlos Rodriguez of Ineos Grenadiers. Carlos Rodriguez crosses the line and Carlos Rodriguez pumps his left fist in the air. Rodriguez takes it. What a ride. The time is going down now, out of the seat. It's Wout van Aert who takes second place. Who saw this coming? So stage eight results, Carlos Rodriguez wins the stage ahead of Wout van Aert by 11 seconds of Damien Housen coming third on the same time. So Carlos Rodriguez is the stage eight winner, a brilliant breakaway. He managed to hold off all around him to take the line. But Harriet Muckle, 
our general classification winner and therefore our Tour of Britain champion is Wout van Aert. I mean, everybody said that he is the best rider here, so it is expected for him to win. It must have been speaking to us this morning that gave him that final push. Oh yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it was, but you know, Wout van Aert takes takes it ahead of Tobias Johansson. The difference is three seconds. Damien Housen level on third with three seconds behind Magnus Sheffield also. And then it goes down to Mark Donovan, five seconds, uh, 23 seconds in fifth place. And Zeb Kifrin of St. Pirin comes sixth, 23 seconds behind the leader. St. Pirin, the team we've been with all afternoon, all day, have come sixth at the Tour of Britain through Zeb Kifrin. And just above them, we spoke to him earlier in the series, Mark Donovan, the Cumbrian man in Q36. I mean, that is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant from our British riders. Let's catch up for a moment with our superstar expert, Katie Madrick, on that craziness here in Kabili. Sunny, it's been such a brilliant day of racing, watching it unfold on the TV has been quite something. We've had everything. There was rain, there was a race stoppage and a neutralisation. There were men with no tops on, waving their shirts around. It's really been a day with everything, but actually on the road, in the racing, it's been super unpredictable and very exciting throughout. Uh, we had early attacks, we've had attacks on all the climbs, and in the end, Wout van Aert managed to hold on, uh, keeping himself nicely within enough time of Carlos Rodriguez to wrap up that GC victory, which was his goal. He came, he conquered, he's got his second Tour of Britain win under his belt. Uh, for Ineos Grenadiers, a lovely bonus of a stage win at the end there. Carlos Rodriguez, the man of the day, he rode brilliantly. Um, he went on the offensive on the second climb of the day, the Brindy climb, said it right that time. And he charged off at just the right time and managed to hold off the, the pursuing chasers. Um, and some of the chasers did a great job as well. Obviously some frustrations from Tobias Johansson, who I guess would have hoped to, to do a little bit better. He came second on GC overall, which was a really good achievement though for Uno X. So hopefully he's happy with that. So yes, it's been a, an excellent end to a great week of racing. Looking forward to catching up and chatting about it with you shortly. Well, I suffered quite a lot. That's the, the first memory that comes to my mind. But yeah, very happy with all the, the fans supporting on the road. It was an amazing crowd today and I really appreciate their, their support. And you race for a British team. We know that the culture here isn't quite the same as in Spain, but you've been around the entire country now. What's been your experience of that? And you know, is there a place for cycling in, in the UK? Well, it's not my home country, but it's my team country, and I really feel the the support here from all the fans. And maybe it's not like in the Basque country, but it's still a big thing here in the in the UK. Yeah, I feel very very supported, so very grateful to all the people. Carlos, congratulations! Thank you. Olaf, there was a point where I thought we'd be chatting to you every single day. It didn't quite work out that way, but overall, a great result for the team. Yeah, yeah, I knew uh, yeah, that after the first six uh, stages uh, would be a really hard weekend, and um, 
put a lot of effort in uh, in the first few days, but yeah, in the end uh, we managed to hold on to the overall lead with Wout. Wow. How sick did you get of seeing me and Harriet at a video? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, uh, if you win and uh, everything that comes with it is uh, yeah, it's a pleasure and um, yeah, it's been uh, been really nice uh, winning those four stages and. Uh, yeah, also uh, with Wout, uh, the fifth stage was really nice to do, to do it that way and seeing, seeing him uh, pull off uh, the overall win is uh, yes, the end to an amazing week for us. Are you good at like reflecting and taking a minute to kind of go, yeah, this was good, you know, I've achieved something here, or are you good at going, right, next race, I'm off to Belgium tomorrow? Yeah, normally it's, uh, yeah, it's always next race, So, uh, but I think we'll enjoy this, uh, this night with a good, good dinner and... Um, yeah, I think uh, there will definitely be points where, where you think back to this week and think like, oh, it was a really nice week with, uh, with the boys and with the team together and uh, something, something special we managed to pull off. So uh, no, definitely uh, those memories are, are yeah, something you, you take with you. Well, well, love, you've definitely converted Harriet to becoming a cycling fan. So you've done your job. Well done. And congratulations well on the sprint jersey. Congratulations. Nice one. Right, we're sat on a bench, me and Harriet. Uh, right inside the roped off podium area, there is a throng of fans just to my right with Big Pete's the main security guard. You know he's the main one because he's not only bigger than everyone, but his uh, vest is orange. He's the supervisor man. And uh, just behind us, which we're leaning on now, is the podium, which is actually just a truck. And the Tour of Britain signs have been taken down already. They don't waste any time here. And a man who didn't waste any time in the end, Wout van Aerts, our overall champion, Harriet. Unbelievable. Katie, we're living in Wout's world or what? We certainly are. I said it at the start of the day and it proved to be true in the end. He fulfilled his goal. He's got two wins here at the Tour of Britain now and he did everything he needed to do at the right time uh, and he played a blinder. Yep. Yeah, he did. And there were moments though, Katie, where it looked like it might be getting away from him. We saw yesterday how hard he had to work. Didn't have it all his own way today either. No, yeah, so yesterday he was on the attack. He was trying to distance the other GC riders and, and he didn't manage to do it as well as he would have hoped. Today was more a case of kind of uh, keeping everybody close enough. Um, but yeah, so he had to do a lot of the work himself today. His team disappeared at the end, which, you know, they've worked really, really hard this week and it was a tough day out. But he did what he needed to do. He would have been informed on race radio how far behind Carlos Rodriguez he was and knowing that he could consolidate and, and just, he didn't need to go for the stage win, he just needed to finish within 39 seconds of Rodriguez's time. Yeah, and just to emphasize that, I saw we saw Stephen Kreuzweig crossing the line on when he first came onto the Caffili loop, and he was so far behind in one of the, when one of the, the chasing groups, you want to call it that, as the peloton was broken apart. And you're like, oh, Jumbo Riders back there. But yeah, they, they, were, they were spent by that point, absolutely spent. But let's catch up now with our winner, Wout van Aert. Oh, it feels great. I mean, we had such an amazing week with the team. Start, starting off with five stage winners in a row was uh, pretty incredible. And uh, yeah, I think especially from there on, it was uh, a lot of pressure on us in this race, a lot of uh, attacks on our team. and. Uh, we managed to control uh, every stage basically, so super proud especially uh, to, to finish off that teamwork. Was there a point that you feared that the GC was all, all over or was there like, you really had that self-belief to keep going? 
Uh, when I when I dropped on the on the climb when Rodriguez attacked it was definitely a bad situation because I was uh, left alone in a in a pretty, pretty yeah small group. Uh, so yeah, there I really had to hope a few of my teammates were, were able to come back and uh, stay calm. And then uh, yeah, I saw Nathan and Steven coming back to the group, and yeah, I really needed that help to to close in again towards the local level. Thanks. So, Wout van Aert is the overall champion, but the stage winner, Katie, was Carlos Rodriguez, and I don't know how if we saw this coming from Ineos uh, for this stage. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think Ineos really, really needed to get something out of the day because they've been quiet all week. Obviously, Pidcock had to go home with with his saddle sore situation, um, and being the home, you know, the, the big home team, the, the British World Tour team, it would have been seen as a bit of a, a bit of a dropped ball, I think, if they didn't go home with something out of this race. So they'll be very pleased to be taking home the stage win today. Um, what else do we need to talk about, Harriet? Well, we probably need to touch on our top Brits, Mark Donovan. Mark, bloody well done. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's it. End of the interview. Uh, how, how was it for you? Yeah, no, it was great. It was, um, I mean, a hard day, as expected. Um, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I don't think there was anyone surprised that it kicked off pretty early. And uh, yeah, there was two lads, Carlos and Stevie Williams, went up the up the road on the first sort of, well, not the first one, the hard third climb. And uh, that made it a really hard chase. And uh, and it meant that everyone was already pretty pinned coming into the laps. And then it was always just about survival, really, and uh, doing what you could on the laps. There was another competition to be decided today, and that was the King of the Mountains competition. And we know that James Fouché of Bolton Equities Black Spoke has been leading that competition all week. We speculated prior to the stage about whether he would be able to hang on, despite the amount of points available. Um, and he did. What do you actually do with the jerseys after you've won them? Uh, chat them on the cupboard and don't actually look at them again. So. <laughs> Are you being serious? You don't like frame them and put them on your wall? Mm, oh, well, I've got this drawer in my room back home in New Zealand that has all of them, so I'm probably out and look at them every now and then, but, yeah. <laughs> and a word, Katie, on the man who won the Young Rider classification, uh, Magnus Sheffield of Ineos Grenadiers. Uh, he had a gap of 25 seconds on uh, Carl- Carlos Rodriguez, who, of course, won this stage, and it's Sheffield who takes the white jersey. What do you think we can expect from him in the future from, uh, from the American? Magnus Sheffield, oh, he's such a nice guy. Um, he's had such a terrible year. He had a horrible accident um, in the Tour de Suisse on the same day that Gino Maida sadly lost his life. And it was a really bad accident and he's had to come back from that. And that's probably the third or fourth accident he's had this season. He's a great rider, really strong young rider. He's got some, some good wins already on his Palmares actually. And he's got a great future ahead of him. And I just hope for him that he has a really strong season without any incident next season. So I'm really glad that he got to take something away from this race as well. Um, and just for the uninitiated, the Palmeiras, is that the is that just the list of achievements? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, list of wins, basically. Cool. Um, Seb Kiffrin of St. Pyrrhon, we've been hearing uh, them throughout this uh, stage, Harriet. Uh, overall finishing sixth and, you know, the team that are doing things differently, getting in amongst it. Yeah, we were in the comms box and we were like, Seb, Seb six, Seb six. So it was great to see him. 
especially seeing we've spent so much time with St. Pirin today and they're kind of starting from the bottom, not having any sponsors, definitely trying to do things a little bit differently to the other teams. Yeah, I don't know, Katie, what's your impression been of, of St. Pirin uh, over the Tour of Britain, watching, uh, watching on your screen? Yeah, it's been good to see them active. They've had a few guys in the breakaway. Um, as you say, they're, they're, they are doing things differently. They're, they're a young team, both in terms of their profile as a team and also their, their rider base. They've got quite a lot of young riders in the team. Um, and they're really positive on social media. They're really trying to get people involved. It's a long way away, Cornwall. Um, they're very isolated, like, geographically. So I think it's really important to them to try and engage people, especially now that they're one of the only remaining British teams, actually. Now I'm in the back of the car, I'm probably quite emotional because to put a continental rider into sixth place, you know, in a, in a world event, or point one pro, as they're called, is nothing short of, yeah, just unbelievable. And those riders have all worked. Harry Birchall, who has ridden ill for two days, but really, really showed his class. Alex Richardson, who went on the attack, you know, unbelievable. Um, guiding the young riders. Um, Finn Crockett, first race at this level, really, really solid. We slipped on GC, but that's because obviously Zeb did something absolutely wonderful. And look at Will Tidball, you know, a track world champion, you know, finishing a major race like that. You know, absolutely astounding. And then uh, Jack Root and Gray doing a working role um, in this race where normally all season, you know, he's been one of the stars. So doing a great, great working job. And then finally, Zeb, sixth place in the Tour of Britain. Unbelievable. Well, Zeb, how do you feel? I don't have any words, to be honest. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, as, as has become the theme on On Your Bike, they are well and truly packing away. Um, Katie, what are your what's your biggest take home from this tour of Britain 2023? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Yuma Visma are incredibly strong. Uh, I'm glad that we have racing on British soil still, and I thought that the final weekend was really brilliant racing. I have to say. This week has definitely converted me to a huge cycling fan. I'm going to be following cycling from now on. This has really converted me. And James Fouché even asked if I'll be at the Tour of Britain next year. So, Sani, what do you say? <laughs> Depending on this edit, yes, no, maybe. Hey, yeah, definitely. Yes, great. We've just had a big sponsorship from a major cycling company. Right, one of those will be the right answer to put in. Um, do you know what? I could tell you what my thoughts are, but I think what we really need to hear from is the main man, the one of the biggest stars in the world, as the bell tolls on On Your Bike and our time here, the man who won the Tour of Britain, Wout van Aert. And at the start of today, I asked him, what his thoughts were on cycling in this country as a previous winner and what he thinks about the future for cycling oh in the UK. That's a bit, um, that's, it feels a bit like traumatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know what? Yeah. That's really quite dark. I think mean, that's a bit too much. <laughs> Took a dark the bell, turn. The bell talk. <laughs> that sounds like it's the end of the final bell. I'll do that link again. That's just too much. Well, I think my takeaway is that Cycling is well and truly alive. It's had a bit of a, a bloodied nose over the last couple of years in this country. We spoke extensively about the, the, the background to this tour and how in a lot of ways just getting it, 
getting the show on the road and over the line was probably the most important thing. But I'm going to leave the final word to Wout van Aert, the man who's the overall winner. What are his thoughts on cycling in the UK? Yeah, it's really overwhelming to see the the public, like the whole week and every start line and finish line. Uh, a lot of people I talk to uh, say it's not really a cycling country, but uh, if yeah, for us at least it looks completely different. It's always uh, a lot of people on the side of the road, a lot of enthusiasm, and uh, yeah, it's a cool way to see uh, to see the whole country. So that's it, Wout van Aert, the main man. I suppose you might have thought that would happen all along, but he still had to be here, he still had to do it, and he's done it. And it's just about time for us to wrap up. And that's it for On Your Bike. We would love for you to share what we've been doing. Maybe there'll be more, but for now, it's time for us to say goodbye from Kafili. I've been Sandy Rajavadula. I've been Harriet Muckle. And I've been Katie Madrick. Thank you, Katie. And if you haven't already... Search Right Bike Repeat because if you've enjoyed Katie's opinions uh, and knowledge and insight as opposed to what me and Harriet have been doing, then give uh, that a search and you'll find all of Katie's work there. And a big thank you too to Red Walters who's been touring and yet taking the time out to talk to us on the pod, which we have very much appreciated. Uh, do give us a follow, do give us a subscribe, uh, give us a share, five stars and a review if you've gone through all the episodes. Be very much appreciated. And we will see you very soon. Give us a cheer, everyone! from the alternate TOV, Tour of Bulgaria, that I've been doing. I've just finished stage four, and I'm not really sure I quite believe what's happened, because, ladies and gents, I've just gone and won a stage. This is, uh, this is pretty incredible for me. It's not quite at the same level as the Tour of Britain. Granted, it's a couple levels below, but this is my first professional win. Um, and yeah, I'm like just yeah, in disbelief over the moon. I mean, as much as you can plan for something to happen and, and really uh, and really will it into existence. It's, it's still somehow a shock when it actually happens, especially in this case for the first time. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And the, way, and the director waves his flag and the race is away! Immediate attack there from a TDT rider. Heart rate, 123 average. But that's not even very high. I swear I, my heart rate's higher than that in Zumba. That's how unfit I am. <laughs> I, w I wish we had smell like smell vision or something equivalent because I'd love to be there to inhale the, the, the sweet scent of Ethan Vernon. <laughs> Well, Andy, before I let you go, for all your help, bottle of wine, no, and of course, mate. it's a oh. BC Coletta Malbec as well. I don't know if you like a red or... I, or I'm, <laughs> I'm very partial to a red. Thank you very much. That's Danny. all right. It's the least you could do. You've taken out time to talk to us before the tour, every day. 
I've just every time I've said hello to you, I've already had the mic running. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I hope you, um, when you get a chance, you, you're able to take a, a step back and just have a reflection on what has been achieved here. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a lot, a lot of positives that have come from it, and you've converted Harriet. Fantastic. That's that's the main thing. Harriet's now a cyclist. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been brilliant. On Your Bike is a Sandpod production.